0: Ron, thanks so much for coming on the show. I know you're extremely busy. Um, You came to Kelowna in 1990 from Edmonton. Tell us the story of how you got here.
1: Well, thanks for this opportunity. Yes, and it's a bit of a journey, and we all have a life story. And growing up in Edmonton, uh, we had... uh, you know, the youngest of four boys and mm-hmm. played lots of sports and involved in business. We had our own convenience store gas station. And then I played in a band for a number of years as well and weekend parties. And in the end of uh, November 24th, 1989, my mom passed away suddenly of uh, of AIDS. And my mom's uh, mother, my Bob, had died about a month later. So right after Christmas and I played in the band New Year's Eve. January 1st, we woke up to typical Edmonton weather, about 30 below and three feet of snow. And We had two children at the time, my wife Cindy and I. Been married since 1984, and we thought, well, let's um, see about life outside the Kelowna or to o- 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 in the Okanagan. We'd come here in, a, in our honeymoon, and mm. my wife's uh, aunt and uncle had bought the first show home up in Dilworth, actually, and they're still there. It was back in '89. They, we had bi- visited them briefly, so we got here first week of January, and uh, had a realtor, uh, Fred Meyer, a great guy, still still selling real estate, yes, and yes. Uh, helped us. Uh, find a home under construction and about a week later we're back in Edmonton telling the family and friends we're moving to Kelowna I didn't have a job or anything and it's crazy right and <laughs> so March of 1990 we pull up a new house was built and uh, it's just been a, an incredible life uh, experience since then. Right
0: you've seen a ton of changes in the city I've only been here seven years but uh, I'm sure you've seen a ton of changes what are some of the big changes you've seen to the city
1: of well personally we had two children at the time the third one was born here daughter Amy is just turning 28 this month and wow. we have 28 30 and 33 so our three daughters grew up here we have five grandchildren four grandsons and a granddaughter are blessed to all within you know a few minutes drive walking distance uh, from our home. So, so it's a great for a family and we've we've promoted that and how I got basically where I am today I was in working in a couple of businesses in, in Vernon. I was a business manager for a fellow who I was contacted from that uh, contractor in Edmonton. A contractor here said, well, the fellow in Vernon has a couple of dealerships and needs a business manager. So I, I did that for a while. I was in, involved in the auto industry. And then my, my background is in marketing. I have a marketing diploma from, from Nate in Edmonton and Costco was opening up. So they hired me as their marketing rep and. And then mm-hmm. early ninety one, and then worked with them for a couple of years, and traveled through the Thompson Okanagan, helped set up Cam Loops, and then they wanted me to travel more. And we had a third child at that time, and they said, "Well, I wanted to be home more." So I worked in the warehouse, and I didn't like it. I love Costco, but I just didn't like working in a warehouse. So then mm-hmm. I end up working with the Daily Courier for about four and a half years in advertising sales, and then they had a it was a union environment. Uh, they had strike, and we ended up taking a buyout. Ninety-six. I took a month off, traveled with the family to go through Nashville, Memphis, all through the music land, and we had a great time. Came back and had a couple opportunities. One I was looking at working at that time before I left. The developer was starting Kettle Valley. Said, "Well, go to Nashville, look at this neo-traditional subdivision there, and this is what we want to sort of create." In kettle valley mm-hmm. and i said oh looks great it came you know came back and i really like it i said but your price point has to be under two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. considering you're way out there in kettle valley right at right. the time it was it was the, the boonies and uh I said no no we're going big and they started like 299 to 329 wow. so i and had, what, what year was that that was 1996 wow yeah so then what happened is a, a group of folks got together that asked me to run for city council and i didn't have a lot of uh, political experience or knowledge, so I said, well, well, let's do some research. And I went to the library uh, on the advice of one of the city councillors at the time, Joe Eliske. He said, go to the library, get this book, How to Run for Public Office and Get Elected. Right. It was basically a marketing manual 101 and implemented a, a plan that uh, it was uh, took John F. Kennedy's slogan, don't ask you know, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I substituted the word community. We right. went door knocking and... Uh, Fortunate, I came in fifth, and uh, it's been an incredible experience ever since.
0: So the, the way it works is the top. I think there's 13 now councilors, and the top 13 get a seat. Is that well?
1: Actually, Kelowna doesn't have a ward system, so there's eight, eight, eight overall, okay. and and the mayor. So uh, it has, It's been that way for a number of years. So the top uh, eight uh, voters for council, and then of course the number one. Uh, voters, the one that gets the most votes for for mayor, is the, is the chair of the board for the, it used to be three-year terms, now it's four-year terms. So hmm. we had three three-year terms, 96, 99, and then 2002, it uh, was the city councilor up until 2005.
0: Right. And then you
1: ran for pol-
0: federal parliament. Yeah, and, it was a,
1: another, once again, it was never belonged to any party polit- politics as per se, and, and it was March of 2005, uh, KF Aerospace, formerly known as Kelowna Flightcraft, uh, I was at an announcement. They just received a significant uh, federal announcement, and uh, I got a phone call from somebody from the Conservative Riding Association asking me to consider putting my name for because Werner Schmidt, who was the member of Parliament at the time, was retiring, and I asked all, you know, what I have to do, and they said, you got to sell members memberships, get your members out to the nomination meeting, and whoever is uh select gets the most votes wins and we had right. seven people that day in May of 2005 at KSS school there's about 2000 people there and wow it was um an ex- great experience and Norm Letnick came in second and Ben Stewart third and uh, we still remain friends and they're in provincial politics today so. mm-hmm.
0: which one did you like better city council or Ottawa
1: that's a great question i, I think there's two different yeah. sort of uh entities I mean the opportunity to be local and you know you're closest to the people and you have direct results but the experience and opportunities I had on federal perspective were uh, you know something I'd never imagined in my life I spent almost uh, nine and a half years on the international trade committee got to travel the world and help uh, expand the markets for Canadian uh, businesses and then had Uh, Some experience Spent time on the finance committee and veterans affairs, a couple other committees along the way. So Mm -hmm. it was uh, the people you got to meet, the individuals are, you know, to me, life is about relationships and I, you know, built a lot of relationships that we have today and, and something, like I said, I could never imagine. It was hard from a family's perspective because you're away almost half the year, Mm -hmm. the parliament sitting about 26 weeks of the year. So you'd leave on a Sunday Afternoon and get to Ottawa, and sometimes one, two in the morning, depending on the flight delays. There's no direct flight, so uh, come home Thursday night. Same thing, arrive home around midnight. Go to Rotary Sunrise Rotary. Meet you know Friday morning at the Yacht Club, or now we met at the Golf and Country Club, and you uh, start your your week your, your weekend Friday meeting with constituents. Friday evening there's some event, and Saturday try to spend a few hours with your family. Saturday evening there's another event. Right. Sunday we go to church and. Uh, hit the reset button go back in the plane and do it all over again.
0: Yeah. And you're still today you're on all kinds of committees and chamber of commerce stuff. Tell us uh, how do you how do you juggle it all? How do you get everything done in a day?
1: Well, I got an amazing wife uh, my wife Cindy she's a great support team. I said if I was here I would have left me a long time ago but uh, <laughs> been almost uh 34 and a half years we've been wow. married and and seriously she's uh, been you know very understanding cuz it it takes a team to do a lot of these initiatives, and yeah, today I have uh, a consulting company. One of my main contracts is with Interior Savings Credit Union, and they create a position called the Business Relationship Manager, and I help uh, it's business development and uh, community relations working in a variety of capacities. As mentioned, I'm in the, the Chamber of Commerce as the Vice President and Chair of the Policy Committee, working through another foundation called the Kelowna Foundation, our first uh, major project. We're developing a child advocacy center for children that have been abused physically, emotionally, sexually. That'll be located right next to the foundry. Mm-hmm. And then I do some consulting work with uh, developers in the wine industry. I used to be co-chair of the Wine Caucus in Ottawa, which doesn't... Sounds pretty interesting. I'm not a wine connoisseur, but it's all policy in that, so I'm I helping see. Summerhill Winery, working on an expansion and an exciting project that'll be coming forward to, here in the next few months as well
0: so what kind of uh help do they need with expansion
1: often it's government relations understanding the the process and you know the joke was there's two speeds government works glacier slow and reverse right. so you have to be patient sometimes and for folks in the private sector that can be uh, can be quite uh, frustrating and so it's as i mentioned earlier it's about the contacts it's the relationships you've built over time and to me, leadership is about uh, integrity and, and life is, you know, about that, building that trust and working through those contacts to help them move, move through. I also went back to university after uh, losing the 2015 election and went back to University of Ottawa and received the Institute of Corporate Directors uh, Rothman School of Management uh, ICD uh, D designation, which i uh, now I'm a director for about three years on the Land Title Survey Authority of British Columbia, as well as a director in a couple of public and privately um, operated companies, ones that uh, doing some development on First Nations land. and mm-hmm. It's it's exciting, and I have time for my wife and family and the grandchildren, and my other passion is playing drums.
0: Right. Have you always been a drummer?
1: Uh, since... Uh, when I had hair, yeah, when right. I put my hair down. About 13 years old, I was 14, grade eight. I started uh, taking drums. I was taking trumpet, and and before that, it was really cool. I was playing the accordion for about three years. So uh-huh. I have an accordion buried in the basement, but my wife usually only lets it come out about midnight on the Saturday night with my brother and playing <laughs> dueling, dueling accordions with the Schminky brothers or something.
0: Right. Did uh, Did you ever have dreams as a teenager that you'd be part of a band and and?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, the fact is we had, we had uh, recorded an album in 1983 at a studio called Homestead Recording, Recording Studio in Edmonton. Larry Wanagas was the owner and manager, and uh, he says, "Well, you know, we're just doing this for a little fun. Get 500 albums to see who we'll go distribute to the radio stations and and see how it goes." And, but he tell, you know he's talking to me and telling, me, oh, "I got this up and comer. She's pretty pretty young, but I think she's going to be pretty good. I think I'm going to go with her. Her name's Katie Lang." Well, he, he dumped us, and of course, he went with her and became her manager, and you know, the rest is history with Katie Lang. So.
0: Yeah, so things could have turned out. Hallelujah. Right?
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it's, um, you know, God has a, a plan and a purpose for everybody, and I've been uh, blessed to have the the route that I've been on, and I just I look back in the rear view mirror of life sometimes, and I, wow, how did I get there, you know? Yeah. Only by the grace of God go eyes. So.
0: Right. So, um,. You got a title, so you're part of the Queen's Privy Council. How, do, how does one get uh, that title? You're referred to as Honorable Ron Cannon now.
1: Yeah, the abbreviation for Honorable is H-O-N. Right. So my wife says, hey, hun, take the garbage out. Right. So a lot of respect, <laughs> but yeah, it is actually uh, an interesting story. It was in July of 2012, I got a phone call. I was having uh, lunch with uh, another colleague who's cabinet minister and a few other people in... Uh, in Kelowna here, and it was the Prime Minister's office calling, saying that the Prime Minister Stephen Harper was forming a new committee, government operation, and he wanted to appoint me to this cabinet subcommittee. So, as being part of a cabinet, you then have to go through a whole process of confidentiality and security checks, and also uh, being sworn into the Privy Council, which is a, a real honor and a distinguished, uh, distinguished. Honor, I guess, the fact that uh, there's very few in in Stockwell Day lives in Kelowna and there's a couple of us, but uh, what it means is uh, it's a title that you have for life and you can be referred upon by the government of the day if there's anything specific for information, but it also did has allowed me access to cabinet meetings, so Mm -hmm. cabinet discussion, there's subcommittee on cabinet government operations, so I had an input in budget deliberations, etc., and it was that was another inside world of politics because when you're a backbencher, which means you don't have a cabinet position, you really don't see the inner circles. But having the chance to go into a room with you know, the big cabinet table holds 35, 40 people, and the prime minister there, and you realize the magnitude of decisions you're making. And when the budget comes out, you see the fruits of your labor and implemented us. It. That's it's another uh, memorable experience that I'm, you know, obviously. Uh, very seriously but honored to have that chance
0: yeah so the prime minister makes recommendations for that yes council?
1: absolutely the prime minister is there and you're sworn in by the governor general at Rideau Hall it's a ceremony I was with one other my colleague Mike Lake myself my wife and family were all able to attend and it was a um, nice you know quiet ceremony that was uh, officially sworn and in the bible and oath Take an oath of office, and basically, a represent you know the Queen's representative is the Governor General, in, in our Commonwealth Parliament system, so it uh, yeah. works through the House of Commons, and then the Senate is the other uh, bicameral system in our legislation process, and right. working with the Senate and and uh, members of, of of cabinet as well as our caucus as a whole, mm-hmm. and which was another whole experience. You know, that uh, a chapter of life I I, uh, never envisioned, that's for sure. Right. Um,
0: So when you first got elected in 2006 to the federal parliament, did they have some sort of an orientation? Like you get to Ottawa and it's like, where do I go? What do I do?
1: Exactly, yeah. Well, it's so I had been to Ottawa once as a family vacation. We took, you know, the the motorhome trip trip. Across to Quebec and then down through the states, and then we've traveled every province and haven't been to uh, in every territory except Nunavut. So we're working on getting up, up there and, and a little bit of more maritimes. But being in Ottawa once was just on a vacation. We took the motor home at that time on Parliament Hill, which was back in 1999, and and it just like it was an, a dream as a kid. I, was, I mean, I'm in in this. Beautiful venue. That's kind of like going to the NHL for me, and, mm. and I thought, wow, that'd be really cool one day. Come, and my kids and my, come on, Dad, let's go. You know, I <laughs> am sitting there in, you know, La La Land. Anyhow, when I got there, I can, you know, I still remember that that day back in ninety nine, two thousand and six. We're there, and and there was a session for both the, the members members' parliament and spouses. You sit down because you have to find a place to live, and you know, you are basically have two homes. and there was an opportunity we' were living in a hotel for a while then eventually bought a condo and some people rented did that later on and and it's building a whole new structure so I had to find staff mm-hmm. you know you're I, I worked with the uh, the previous member of parliament uh, advice from you know Werner had a good reputation and great staff as well so hired a couple of his staff and and, and uh, looked at trying to make your own sort of team. So we had four staff and you get an office, you got to get it all set up. And yeah, so you got to find out where the bathroom is and all those things. It's right. like, you know, the old saying, drinking out of fire hose, it's just information overload. For, right. And that took, uh, you know, almost probably the first year. Yeah.
0: Must have been pretty exciting. Yeah,
1: it's very exciting. And, you know, meeting of the staff and one of my, I love to, to take constituents on tours of parliament because you meet with the, a lot of the staff, and, and they're, they're proud of their job. They're proud of their parliament building, proud of their country. And it, it does, you know, I tell everybody, if you've never been to, to the parliament buildings, it's something in one of those bucket list items. Mm-hmm. Right now, actually, the centre block is going to be closed down probably for about 10 years. The west block and east block are, are the two wings, but west block was retrofitted into the new House of Commons where parliament will be sitting for the next several years. So yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I'm looking forward to going back one day and taking a tour of the new the new uh, House of Commons as well.
0: Right. So you ran as a conservative. Uh, Is there something in your personal philosophy that made you choose the conservative party?
1: Yeah, no, it's a very, very uh, interesting question in that respect because I always say there's no perfect politician, no perfect political party or leader because, you know, we're, we're all imperfect people. But you look at some core fundamental values. I grew up in a home with the youngest of four boys, and you live within your means. So fiscal conservatism was one big value, mm-hmm. and uh, social conservatism as well. Um, you know, believe in the sanctity of life, and uh, you know, the, at that time was the whole issue of same-sex marriage and trying to deal with... In fact, you know, I mentioned my my mom and dad were married for over oh, 37 years and uh, had had issues with, with their... Uh, relationship down the, down the way but I didn't judge them I loved them and, and knew that uh, God loves them as a Christian you know we're meant to love everybody and whatever your uh, your sexual preference is I said that's a very personal matter and a public display doesn't, isn't necessary I mean you continue on with life and being as less judgmental as possible I and mean, we all live sort of within a certain lens but yeah ultimately it's uh, work, working through all that to say that it was um, kind of the, those the key points that, that took me there, and yeah. I had never met Stephen Harper. during the camp after the nomination in May of 2005, we thought we might have an election at that time. Belinda Stronach decided to cross the floor from the Conservative to the Liberals, and it prevented an election. So it was until January of 06 when we had the election, and and right around just between Christmas and New Year's in December, I think 27th or so, Stephen Harper. I got a call from the campaign team that he, he might be coming here, or he might be going to the Cutneys. I think it was Castlegar. Mm. And in the morning they said, no, he's, he's going to be going to Castlegar. So our team just carried on our, our, for our day. And then about forty-five minutes later, I got a phone call. I said, well, they can't land in Castlegar. It's it's named Castlegar for a reason. Right. <laughs> right. fogged in, so prime, you know, the prime minister to be, the leader of the Conservative Party, was flying into Kelowna, I'm going to go see my colleague uh, Salmon Arm. Uh, Colin Mays, who was the candidate there, and he'd be coming here. So we had to get our group back together. And first time I met him, and probably one of the most strategic uh, uh, gentlemen I've ever met in my life. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's uh, very down to earth. And he and his wife, Lorene, and yeah. Ben and Rachel, wonderful family. And it was just one of those things that people, once again, how they judge somebody based on how they're portrayed in the media. But if you have a chance to sit down and have a chat with them, you'd be very impressed.
0: Yeah. So I guess he had a lot of confidence, and it
1: was uh, exciting times because he was about to win, and you won. Yeah, so it was the first time that you know we got a, minor, a minority government in, in 06 and '08 as well, and then 2011 when we got a majority government. That was the strong, stable majority conservative government. as the thing was going, and we had a, had a chance to govern until 2015. And some would say that uh, they feel Stephen Harper served past his you know, everybody has a best, best before date or expiry date. Uh, it's, you know, that's the issue of politics. Uh, we had a good ride and we provide a lot of, a lot of good policies. And like I said, some that, uh, weren't as, as probably the best managed policies or implemented policies, but it's, you know, there's no perfect party, as I said earlier. Overall yeah. we are, you know, it was great to have that opportunity and that experience and we'll see what happens next year in the election. If, uh, if the Conservatives can get back in office,
0: right? What uh, have you? What do you think of Andrew Shear, the new leader?
1: Andrew is a very, was um, a wonderful family man as well. I think he's five children, and he's got, uh, you know, his wife were were um, always available. And in, in Ottawa, the the Speaker of the House, he was the youngest Speaker in the House, and fully bilingual, and. So, and this yeah, guy's very very nice gentleman. So I think as far as the leadership of our of our parties in good, and in the, the state of our country's in good shape, he'll, he'll make a great prime minister come uh, twenty nineteen if the people are fortunate to uh, see that uh, it's his turn.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're uh, done with federal politics? I guess. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, my wife got hit by a car on May the eighth, twenty fourteen. It was my birthday. She called me in the morning in Ottawa. It's about uh, ten in the morning seven o'clock here and, and I just came out of a committee meeting and she wished me happy birthday so it was a nice day and she thought she might go for a bike ride. One of our daughters teaches at Spinco and she sometimes goes down there and spin class but she's going to go for a bike ride instead on the road which we had a little regular routine we went to and about an hour later I got a phone call she'd been hit by a car just off of Glenmore Road and um, yeah life changed been four years and four months now dealing with icbc and working through the process and trying to uh, get uh, her healing but it's it, it prevented me from you know change, i had to change career paths in that respect If if i um unless i wanted to be selfish and you know my wife and her relationship's worth more than that uh, so i said well okay i'll be here to help you you've been there for me all the time help you however i can and it's been you know the issue of of um, great support, the medical support, and, and trying to work through the healing. But chronic pain is something that uh, anybody experienced chronic pain, it's something that can be very difficult to, to manage. And she she's, um, said to my wife's like a 1957 Chevy. The body looks great, but we still need work under the hood. So right. we're working on it, and she's got a great attitude, strong faith, and uh, said prayer and positive thinking and perseverance and help her through. Nice.
0: Well, I want to wish you and Cindy and your children all the best. Thank you uh, so much for coming on the show. And uh, I think we got to know you well on a personal level in the short time we've had. So thank you for that. Um, Who would you like to nominate to come on the show in the future?
1: I'd like to invite uh, Tom Dias. He was the past president of the of the Chamber of Commerce for two years, and he's served on the board for eight years. I'm vice president of the of the of the Chamber and now. As I mentioned, I've worked really closely with Tom, and I think he uh, he's done an incredible job as a single dad raising three amazing children and uh, been a great contribution to our community. I think you'd like to hear his story as well. Great,
0: and I understand Tom is running for mayor, so I'd like to ask him about that. And that's great.
1: I think that'd be great, and uh, yeah, we've got. Uh, couple of mayoral candidates. And that's uh, the great thing about democracy. The issues can be discussed and the people will decide. Exactly. Thanks, Rob. Thank you.
2: God bless. Luke Mankus is a realtor. He loves what he does. We asked Luke if he had any regrets about moving here in 2011. And he always says, yeah, one regret. And that is he didn't move here sooner. When Luke came here, he didn't know anyone. He didn't know the neighborhoods or anything or anyone besides his daughter, who was six years old at the time. So he knows what it's like. Now, he's an expert and has helped well over 100 single people, couples, families, and investors with their real estate needs in the Okanagan. If you're new to our beautiful city, Luke can help you get connected with great lawyers, dentists, carpenters, landscapers, swimming pool installers, you name it. And whether you're new to Kelowna or not, Luke knows real estate. He can help you find a great property, negotiate a good deal, and hold your hand all the way through the process until the day you get your shiny new set of keys. Luke is known as a no-pressure kind of guy. He's had clients where it took even a year or more to get them into a property. He just doesn't believe in rushing things. On the other hand, when you decide it's time to act, he's diligent and he'll work day and night until the job is done. Give Luke Make Us a call or a text message at any time, 778-215-4273. Again, that's 778-215-4273. 778-215-4273 7, 7, to chat with Luke about real estate.